0: This is Unfiltered, episode 35, for January 31st, 2013.
1: Good evening, everyone. I'm Erin Burnett. Out front tonight, attack of the drones. The American government is launching a new war. Some of this country's 7,500 drones may be about to take off with new targets in their sights. Today, Niger's ambassador to the United States tells CNN his government has agreed to allow the American military to place drones in his country in an effort to gather intelligence on neighboring Mali, Algeria, and Libya.
0: this week's episode of Unfiltered. We focus in on the stories that changed the world this week. A new report details a major invasion of British internet users' privacy on popular cloud services. Speaking of the cloud, the Department of Defense has signaled it's dramatically increasing the size of its cybersecurity command, but things are never as simple as they sound. You might have heard of this new comprehensive immigration reform being worked on right now in Washington, but did you hear that it hinges on increased border security relies heavily on drones to hunt down illegal immigrants, and why the U.S. might be in hot water over its excessive use of drones around the world very soon. Plus your feedback, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. And welcome to Unfilter, episode 35 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show Is distracting you from all of that TV you should be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always
2: handsome, but sometimes sick, Mr. Chase. You do realize, Chris, that it's very, very hard for me to keep this exquisite Looking physique yeah. that I have on—it's so, affecting your health now. I'm so glad that we—the show isn't video because if it was, ooh, ooh. The, the, the the ladies would be just—they'd <laughs> be coming into the chat room just wanting to talk to me. I'm
0: actually really glad uh, this week's episode doesn't have vision. I was—let oh, me tell you about my pre-show stress today. Uh-huh. So I, I
2: contributed to that. Thank I, you very much. I have
0: uh, I have uh, deodorant on Amazon. Subscribe and save. And, oh really?
2: Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize you go through that much deodorant. I well, just I buy don't. five or six See, at Costco. I'm done.
0: I get it every six months, right? Well, I ran out. You obviously don't use enough then. I ran out on a Wednesday, right? So oh, I didn't have any today, and I started to stink. Like I was really surprised. Right. So I was like, and we're you know we're closed up in this room and recording the show. And I was like, oh man, I'm stink up the office. But right before, like an hour before we had to go on air, the Amazon Prime box showed up. So. I'm actually, I smell pretty
2: good now. And let me ask you this. I know this is completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. And this is what you call small talk. <laughs> who, who delivered it? Was it FedEx or UPS? that has got to be UPS. See, here's what I've... I've ordered stuff from Amazon Prime myself. Yes, sir. And it might uh, have been FedEx. Here's the thing. FedEx has always showed up at my place by like 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's UPS, it's like 7 o'clock, if I'm lucky, by 7 in the evening. By the end of their day, it's like 8 o'clock, their t- our local time. So... Yeah, <laughs> just just kill it right there. Yeah. No, I mean, I know it's, it's been I know. it's been a crazy week in the world. Yeah, I mean, it has been. If, if, if one thing I've noticed, and the, and the media is good at this, and the government's good at this, they they when they want to slam a, a point home, when it either comes mm. to gun control mm. or you know internet privacy or whatever, they always try to make sure that we uh, are constantly reminded of that, and that is by glorifying huge major news stories yeah. or or small events. That, i mean yeah they're they're big in the local sense and maybe in that local neck of the woods but they always get blown up uh, big out of proportion yeah that's for sure uh in fact you know really this week uh we're doing the one act thing um
0: and we got a little feedback on that we'll talk about here in a minute but uh i thought we'd focus on stories that seemed like they made a like they they altered the course of the world a little bit this week
2: a little shift in the tilt of the earth you know nothing major in yeah. in,
0: in some cases but uh some of the stories like we can't cover every single shooting that happens.
2: No. And, and you know what, though? CNN thinks they can. And well, they Fox, are now. And yeah. Fox News thinks they can. Well, because they can get decent
0: ratings for it and it plays into an overall narrative. And
2: yeah. But you got to realize something, Chris. If we don't cover those stories, it's for the kids. Right. And if we can just make sure that one kid doesn't die, <laughs> we've done our job.
0: Well, it's funny because... So the problem is, is there are some real stories that didn't get covered. Actually, our, uh, our first story today is uh, actually um, something that I couldn't find any clips for because everybody's talking about other things. But we've talked about FISA before on show, the show, uh, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and it was recently renewed uh, in, uh, for Christmas 2012. Merry Christmas, everybody. Now, in
2: summary, um, what is that for people who don't remember?
0: Well, uh, Mr. Obama. Hello, everybody. uh re-signed <laughs> it and uh, –
2: Nice, nice drop. That hey was Chase, a very good drop. Hey Chase. Uh, uh,
0: not while I'm speaking. Now,
3: now. He's are jackass. Yeah,
0: thank you. I was waiting <laughs> for that one. Uh, so this, this uh, basically, here's the problem. Okay. I'll I'll come kind of explain to you how FISA works in reading the story. Uh, essentially, what it allows is uh, it allows U.S. government agencies open access to any electronic information stored by non-American citizens by right. by non-U.S. based companies. So, if say you are a British internet user and you're using Gmail and your Gmail is being stored on an American Google server. Uh, they don't even actually have to have a warrant to get to that uh, so, uh, body, such as the National Security Agency, the FBI, the CIA. I think they, a warrant would stop them anyway. Come they, on. Nope. They can gain access to uh, information that potentially concerns U.S. foreign policy for even purely political reasons with no need for any suspicion that national security is at stake, meaning that religious groups, campaigning, or organizations and journalists could be targeted. Okay. And this is a study uh, that uh, we'll have a link to in the show notes. It's over uh, on uh, The Independent and uh, the study points out that...
2: Uh, so what is going on?
0: Well, so they're looking at this and saying, how does the American FISA Act impact us? Because this is a study being done over in the Britland, uh, and they're saying, is this going to impact us? And this report comes out, it's considered by the, it's going to be reviewed by the EU for, uh, as part of its electronic privacy directive, and it's cautioning that the threat of heavily... Uh, mass surveillance firepower aimed at the cloud was a greater threat than those posed by cyber criminals. Now, can That's this... what this report said, that the, the surveillance is so massive that it's almost weaponized and it's worse
2: than cyber crime. Now, now if I'm not doing anything wrong, Chris, this is not going to affect me, right? Or... <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what I think that? Hello everybody. Uh so anyways, I just wanted Sorry, uh, I had to throw that out there. I wanted to bring this up because yeah. we had talked about on the show, we talked about uh Fisa and uh we had a very sort of US centric yeah consideration of it and it, it it is actually a much bigger deal for Huge impact for our international piece. Yeah. Yeah, Huge. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I I wanted to bring that up and go read that you guys because it's something to consider when you're um if you're Even if you're doing something like a competitive business with another U.S.-based business, it might be worth making sure all your stuff is hosted on a server that's under your uh, own country's laws.
2: Well, see, and that's the the weird thing, right? Because a lot of people that obviously live here in the States, they think about, well, maybe I should have my server not in the U.S. because then Mm -hmm. the government won't be able to do anything with my server. Right. So what do you do? (laughs) I mean, where where do you put your box? The problem is the Internet isn't just one country. Right. It really doesn't yeah.
0: work, you know. These some of these laws don't really work with it, um, right?
2: So you need to find out which uh, which countries don't recognize the the American Act and just like Canada, I don't know uh, what uh, <laughs> Yukon Territory, I don't know <laughs> some oil rig out in the water. Now, one thing that's interesting is the U.S. government, the, the Defense Department, talking about cybersecurity. Oh yeah, they're they're Speaking trying a cyber, huh? They're they're trying to build up their numbers. Mm-hmm. And trying to get hackers or people that are on the bad side, right? And try to bring them over to the so for, for, to the good there's side. There's this
0: new, there's this new like funding initiative they're doing, and I knew we'd be hearing about something. In fact, you remember in her hearing last Wednesday, uh, Hill Dog said this.
4: Well, you you mention a word that is rarely mentioned in these hearings, but I predict will be a major threat to us, and that's cyber, uh, because it's not only going to be nation like states cyber. where we already are seeing. Uh, cyber intrusions, both against our government and against our private sector. But increasingly, um, non-state actors will have more capacity to disrupt, to hack into, to um, put out false information, to uh, accuse the United States of things that can, you know, light fires before we can put them out.
0: So what she's she's saying saying there is uh, she said non-state actors, right? Right. Well, this last week we saw Anonymous take down some sites, do the Aaron Swartz stuff. Uh, And, uh, you know, that started a bit of a little uh, kerfuffle.
3: U.S. government officials have confirmed there's been a cyber attack on the U.S. Justice Department. The secretive group Anonymous apparently were the ones who took over the site belonging to the U.S. Sentencing Commission. Once they had control, the group posted a message on the site. It threatened embarrassing disclosures about the Justice Department unless federal prosecutors, prosecutors stop going after hackers. CNN's Emily Schmidt is following the story for us. Emily, what exactly are officials saying about the attack?
5: Please. Well, Miguel, this early morning move from the Hackers Anonymous has now prompted the U.S. government to react this afternoon. We have a new status update for you from the United States Sentencing Commission. Ooh,
2: status update, Chase. Ooh, Here I, it comes. I'm setting one right now, actually.
5: It says early this morning the commission's website was hacked and defaced. The site was quickly defaced. pulled down and currently is being restored. The commission's working to have the site fully functional, secure, and accessible as soon as possible. Earlier in the day, as Anonymous said, it was declaring war on the U.S. government by targeting this website. It contained a long warning threatening to release some sensitive information about the Department of Justice in what it calls... Warheads, those warheads are named after the Supreme Court justices. Now you may never have spent time browsing ussc.gov, but Anonymous says the selection was very intentional in calling it symbolic, targeting the very agency it believes has unfairly targeted hackers.
3: This group Anonymous is known for being motivated for a variety of reasons. What, what sparked this attack?
5: This attack, Anonymous says, was sparked by the death of an Internet activist named Aaron Swartz. He committed suicide two weeks ago, and Anonymous says that was really the final tipping point for them. It's why they are doing something they're calling Operation Last Resort. Is it just bluster, or do they have a real threat here? That's what's being tried to be figured out right now. Miguel?
0: Wait, does Anonymous just have the best timing when it comes to stirring up crap? You know, like uh, making sure because all of this does is it just sort of amplifies this whole
2: thing. Well, it brings very important things to the to the front. It, it brings up what's going on. And, you know, there. One thing I actually like about this story is they didn't. Re- I mean, yeah, they they talked about the the hacking group Anonymous, but they didn't really. I don't know. I didn't get the feeling of them being slammed. Beer pumping. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're reporting. Well, they're reporting the actual news and. Well, why why did they do this? Well, right, they did right. this. Like, whoa! Wait a minute. You they... mean you're actually
0: gonna tell us? Yeah. I mean,
2: like, wow. <clears throat> I'm well, a little shocked by that, to be honest with to you. To be fair,
0: to, in full disclosure, yeah, I'm not trying to filter anything out, but I did cut down some of it because uh, it was go- it went long, and they did kind of. Oh, uh, they did bad. They, okay. they kind of went off track a little bit. All That's right. why I cut it. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, you're right for the most part. Still, it it is true. Uh, and so now, you know, so now we're getting ready for cyber war
6: war in the cyber. Hello, I'm Shihab Ritansi. At a time when policymakers in Washington are talking about cutting the size of the US military, yes. the Department of Defense has signaled it is to dramatically increase the size of its cyber command That's over the next said. few years. <laughs> Proponents of the plan argue it's a prudent response to the changing nature of 21st century warfare. They argue that in recent years, cyber attacks at the behest of governments have increased in frequency and ferocity
0: so the u.s is arguing that the that the state-based attacks has has increased in in, ma- in amount and in Ferocity, right right and that was al jazeera that's their al, that's the al jazeera anchor now when you think of major cyber attacks what comes to your mind
2: oh gosh that's such a loaded question uh, I, I I think of like you know real targeted attacks like uh, you know just taking you know websites down yeah, and yeah causing sure. disruptions. Uh, when I think of a big state sponsored attack, I think of I think of the China Google thing. I think about that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a definitely one. There's one that China China who was just caught uh, with their hands in the cookie jar uh, for the New York Times today. Yeah. Oh, I not about Apparently, this today. it was a fort. Yeah, we talked. We covered a little bit on Tech today. Uh, and, uh, but when I think of a state-sponsored attack,
6: I think of Stuxnet. The U.S. government only acknowledged developing cyber weapons recently, and it's never publicly admitted using them. But reporting by the New York Times last year revealed that President Obama's administration has carried out attacks on the computer systems that run Iran's nuclear enrichment facilities.
0: Yeah, so I think we probably remember that. We talked about that a lot on Stuxnet, but yeah, Iran's nuclear enrichment facilities... We're uh, attacked by Stuxnet, and, uh, and so, you know, we're talking about state-sponsored warfare. In reality, we're the ones that are doing some of the more serious attacks. Now, I'm not saying we're the only ones, no, but we are, we are uh, you know, we are right up there. And are, we,
2: are we that far behind where we now have to try to open up? No, Chase, we're ahead. We're beating everybody. So, so if that's the case, are we just trying to get more of the best of the yes. best? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, well...
0: No, we're not even trying to get the best of the best. We're just trying to build bureaucracy and get the, give more money to the military-industrial complexes. Not even the best of the best. Uh, I mean, sure, there's going to be good people in some small groups. Right. And you know what's really frightening about all of this is there's not just a lack of transparency, but some of the journalists that did the early reporting on Stuxnet, and some of them who didn't even report but just got leaks, are now being investigated.
4: And one issue that has plagued the Obama administration during its first term was the unprecedented number of leaks of classified information. Perhaps the highest profile leak was that of a joint U.S.-Israeli computer virus that attacked Iran's nuclear power plants, and more specifically, its uranium enrichment facilities. Stuxnet, as as it came to be called, has now resulted in a massive federal investigation into the source of the leaks. Federal investigators are tapping the emails and phones of all officials familiar with the case in order to find the leaker.
0: Okay, so we were never supposed to know about Stuxnet. Did you hear what she just said? they are tapping all of the federal officials involved with the case they're just 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 wide they're going net. down the list. So they're, they're just like... doing a wide net catching just pulling all everybody's phone correspondence everybody's emails they're just that could be that could be thousands of people
2: yeah
4: now to do that they are looking into the communications these people had with any and all journalists during that time whoa so what does this investigation mean for the rights of journalists now,
0: so one argument might be, you know, this is what they should be doing. You know, confidential information National got leaked, security. National security. Yeah. And I cannot really have, I don't have a rational argument against that. But I got to tell you what feels like justice is that the people who are supposed to be making educated decisions about who we vote into office should be knowing, should be somehow. If it's not from the government themselves, we got to find out somehow what our elected officials are doing.
2: Well, that's 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 inherently the problem. Is there's no full disclosure? There's no open door policy. I mean, it takes people filing Freedom of Information Act requests even to get a glimpse or a segment of the information. I mean, I mean, it's just it's
0: terrible. The 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 uh, the uh, sophistication of Stuxnet. I mean, we are so far ahead. Now it was a joint Israeli uh, operation, so yeah. I don't know how much code they did, but yeah, our cyber our cyber is. I hate that they call it cyber. Remember how cyber was like this word that we kind of like, cyberspace?
2: <laughs> well, I, I remember the word cyber meaning you know, you're, you're doing some naughty
4: You're cybering. Cyber, you're, cyber yeah. you're cybering. You're yeah. cybering.
0: So, of course, uh, in order to combat uh, this new threat, uh, we've got to pump things up. got to pump up the cyber command. Uh-oh. Well,
4: let's take a look at some of the changes that the cyber command is now facing. The current command is composed of 900 personnel. They that number will be protectors. expanded to 4,900 troops over the next several years. There will be three new units. The first is the National Mission Force that is tasked with protecting computer systems.
0: National Mission Force. (laughs) That
2: seems so generic. Yeah, yeah.
4: That undergrid electrical grids, power plants, and other infrastructure uh, infrastructure deemed critical to national and economic security. The second is the Combat Mission Force, which will help commanders abroad plan and execute attacks or other offensive operations.
0: So These will be people that help plan uh, remote attacks, so people against other countries, not, right. or people acting in other countries.
4: And finally, the cyber protection forces that will fortify the defense department's networks.
0: So there's going to be an entire division, their whole responsibility is like, the ho- they're like the homeland security of cyber.
2: Right, then they, they need to build up firewalls. they need to go mm-hmm. buy, you know, towers, right. and just... Maybe know. they could give, give a sweet deal to Norton Antivirus. Yeah, they go to CompUSA and fries and they and get I, good stuff.
0: And I'm not trying to paint other nations as innocent, they're all getting into the cyber.
6: U.S. defense officials, however, point to an attack last year on the Saudi state oil company Aramco that took down more than 30,000 computers. They claim the Iranian government was responsible. Critics of the expansion of Cyber Command suggest it will mark a further threat to privacy and internet freedom. In addition, they're concerned that the National Security Agency and Pentagon, who oversee the program, lack accountability and oversight.
0: And that's the part that scares me the most, is because I don't even know if I could sit here on this show and argue against having some kind of cyber command. Well... Let's be serious. Yeah. There there really are going to be nation states that are going to... China and Iran, why wouldn't they be going after us? We're assholes to them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Why not go after us? So shouldn't they kind of try to protect us from that to some degree?
2: You know, the way I look at it, and I agree, I, I think there really does need to be some sort of protectionary measure. I mean, we have, obviously, we have jets to combat you know air air fights. We have troops on the ground to combat tanks and other types of things on the ground. We need to have the same kind of troops Available to fight the war that happens over the internet in the inner tubes, but here here 's my ultimate ultimate thing though whenever those other things happen, either air combat, ground combat, we have pictures we yeah. have
0: we have information we have some kind of oversight, even if it isn't from the government, if it 's from some sort of activism group or if it 's from some right. sort of you know somebody monitoring communications there's some way we, we find
2: out, and we know what 's going on yeah. for the most part yeah. because it 's tangible because we can see it. Uh, and we can readily find out information about We can send reporters. I mean, that's a great point.
0: There's so many clandestine operations we'll just never know about.
2: Right. And, and, and so you have this whole other division, this command, if you will, structure, different uh, squadrons, forces. And they're going to play on the general public's uh, technophobia. Well, not just technophobia, but uh, just not being educated in it right I mean, you have That's you the technophobia comes from well it's not just phobia and having the fear of the technology there's some people that are like oh the chips computer screens i don't care about that crap yeah let's just go bomb them you know whatever you know well they and, don't care people
0: and, don't care uh in some cases you know sometimes the best solution to secure something isn't to build a cyber command it's just to unplug that something from the internet now that's not the solution for all things But there are some things that, like these control systems that control dams, and things, they don't need to be on the public internet.
2: No, they shouldn't be. But the reason why they're on the public internet is because someone's lazy, and they want to use the public internet so they can access that system from wherever they're at. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, and I
0: actually think as a contractor who specialized in penetration testing and things like that in years past. Penetration testing. Right, right. Three kids chasing. Cybering. I think uh, I think I could actually stand to make some money at this because if the government yeah. makes a big push at this, clients are going to become a little more. Wait, what?
2: Stop, stop, Chris. Then, then that means you're becoming a part of the uh, military-industrial no, complex that you didn't out, want to be
0: about. I'm trying to point out this is how it works. Like it, it trickles down into the economy. So in some ways, it's it, it'll as weird as this sounds. It's probably going to create some jobs in some ways. Well, like that's
2: why I think one of the reasons maybe why they're doing it. Well, the technical sisters, uh, you know, it's it's have it's it's constantly have. To evolve, uh, you know, since the, the first, you know, big dot-com crash, it's had to change its way it's thinking and, and, and motivates itself to do other things. So obviously, yeah, there's going to be a market for that. Yeah. and But, you know, the the sad thing here is we're going to start seeing in probably the next few years, you know, these these kind of things will help. You already see it now, you know, late night television, you know, go to stop sign, blah, 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 you know, help protect yourself from the Internet. Right. And Go to stop sign and sign up. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I would stop saying it after I went there. My computer sped up immediately. I couldn't believe it. It was great. you know. So it's, those situations, <laughs> they're, they're preying on people that are being un, uninformed and uneducated. And that's, I, that's what's going to occur here. I used here to work in teacher. the
0: uh, tech department for a company called E-Acceleration, and that was their bit. Is they, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, E-Acceleration would run uh, late-night infomercials about how to tune up your PC. They were one of the first ones, and that's how yeah. they made their money. And they started out as spyware. Before Spyro was really a thing. Yeah. And I kind of started figuring this out. I walked out on the company after a while. I just like one day, like at lunchtime. My bulb went off? Yeah. And I I kid you not, at lunchtime, I packed up all my stuff and I put it all in one box because I didn't have a lot of stuff. I was only there for like two months. Okay. And uh, walked out to my car and went home. Never came back. Did they Uh, call you? They 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 emailed me and stuff like that. They didn't actually ever call me. Did they
2: send you an attachment with a .exe in it? I know, <laughs> but I actually had to
0: go. So the funny thing is, they were in Paulsbo, so that was a hundred mile. Oh that was a hundred mile god. drive, right? Yeah, for me, it was a hundred mile drive. That's a
2: ferry too. And yeah. All that. Oh my god. So,
0: but I left, and they didn't do direct deposit, and they didn't mail checks. So they handed them there out on site, so I had to drive back one day and sneak back into the office to grab my check. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, before we move on, I I wanted to stop and read an email from Jason. Okay. And Jason writes in. He says, uh, Hello, Chris and Chase. Hi. I wanted to take a moment and say thank you for making the Unfilter show. I did hear last week uh revenue isn't doing so well, and I heard a little more on Quota Radio today. I wanted to pass on to you that I listen every week, and I look forward to every Friday morning to download the MP3 and listen to it. I like the more laid-back show last week with only one act. In the shows prior, the subjects felt rushed, and to get through all three acts, you kind of had to hurry up. If a one-act format keeps the show rolling, I'd really enjoy that. Also, I use your Chrome plugin when I shop online. I don't buy much, but when I do, I make sure I uh it's up to date and it's enabled. Thanks again, Jason.
2: Very cool. Yeah, we
0: kind of had fun with the one act. We're going to do it again this week. Yeah.
2: Well, and the best part about the one act is is sometimes uh, and you guys you guys have probably noticed it in previous episodes where, you know, you know, Chris compiles the list of things that we're going to talk about and I think some of it's intentional. We we try not to maybe interact in some of the major things because it helps keeps things fresh yeah, for the show. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that a lot of you guys also listen to No Agenda. They do it almost the same way where they don't talk to each other during the week just because of the fact that, you know, you leave it for the show. And when you get into those structured situations where you have three acts and like, and we know that we're trying to keep the show at about an hour because, you know, we, you know, we respect your busy lives, that we get squeezed sometimes when we want to talk about a certain topic or – I didn't know that Chris would have, like, I would prompt Chris to have a thought about something that maybe he never even thought of. And now he can't really go off and expand on that point Yeah, because, oh, uh, we need to move on to the next subject. <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking about it, too, in some regards, like, I could see, like,
0: just keeping the multi-act format for special occasions. Like, I and I would love to hear what people think about this. Yeah. I was thinking I would love to do, like, here's an example. All right. You know, most episodes would be one form, one act format. And then, like, every now and then, a special format. And I was thinking, like, maybe one on the history of the Federal Reserve. And and would then, that be interesting? Like, getting, like, email, information on the Federal Reserve, how they impact the economy. Educational, yeah. Kind of like a little informational. And then that would be in the second act. So people would listen to the first act. It would be all the news, all the discussion. And then the second act would be that kind of thing. And then we would just be done with the show at the end of
2: that. Yeah, I, I think the acts would <coughs> would fit for specialized topics. Mm-hmm that we can that we need to kind of delve deeper into. I mean the, the 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 thing about the news is you know it all comes in cycles and right now the big cycle obviously is is guns, bow, bow. it's 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 shootings at school. So a lot of that's in the forefront right now, but eventually there'll be a lull again. And when that lull hits, we can bust we out can, some we, that can, stuff. we can bust out some specialized yeah. topics that you guys not only want to hear from us about, but you know get a little bit of a history lesson and, and find out why the things the way they are and what we can do to change them and how they've changed over time. Mm-hmm. So there's many so, different ways. So we're
0: going to, we'll just keep playing. Yeah. You know, we're just going to keep tweaking. So yep. thank you, Jason, for yeah, great the Great email. Thank we got you. a lot of people saying they love the show. We had a couple of very generous donations. Uh, and uh, I could not tell you the timing on it was perfect. So I pay for the MP3 bandwidth out of my PayPal account and the money arrived. And you're ready to be yeah. like,
2: oh great. How am I going to pay for it? And then all of a sudden it showed up. I'm Seriously. That's it awesome. was
0: perfect timing. So thank you guys for supporting the show. And we might, we might have some more options. Uh, in that regard, in the future. Yeah. Why don't we shift gears, Chase? uh You know, we talked about. You were just saying there's big things in the news cycle. You mentioned guns. Guns, guns, guns. The other big thing this week, and I the,
2: mean, you know what? This bothered me. What? Are you gonna go with uh, this? What I'm thinking you're gonna go with? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. This really bothered me. Okay, tell me. Here's why it bothered. Okay, me. lay it on me. All right. The president of the United States right now his what's his number one focus has been over the past couple of weeks? He's been pulling committees together, he's been getting his v p on board the guns guns, guns, guns. all right. well, it seemed like now that he's he's already passed it off to Congress, mm-hmm. the committees have pretty much wrapped up their stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got to find something else to be campaigning about and I put huh. this in quotes huh. and and so what was one of the big things that a lot of people were bagging on him about for not getting done in his first four years? immigration. Were they? I mean a little bit for sure. They were for a little bit. You know, it's funny And it bothers me because it's like why do I feel like all right, he's gonna hammer on this for a few weeks and then all of a sudden he's going to find something else to switch to. I actually think it's
0: more, and this happens in the second term of most presidents, and, and, and Bush, I think everybody remembers Bush coming out and saying, hey, I have capital to spend, I have political capital. Let's do it. Every second term president usually does a few big pushes to kind of, because right, like right now among Democrats, the way he, he has s- like he an switched. 80% approval rate. It's just the way he switched. The way he switched? What about the way the freaking Republicans switched? Oh, yeah. The gang of eight comes out, four Republicans, some of the four, you know, I mean, and just all of a sudden the party of, of of no amnesty is now the. I mean, this is just blows my mind. And we by want the guest way,
2: workers and all that. Yeah,
0: and I think this is why the uh, fiscal cliff. Got put, can got kicked down the road, so that way they could make room, so that way they could make a big stink about this. And then this. they can
2: bring it back, because guess what, you guys? The fiscal cliff's going to come right. back, what, mid-March, right? So, so,
0: let's start with Diane. She's yes. going to give us an, an, oh, an introduction yes. of what's going on, and then I want to talk a little more about
2: Diane, it. pop the pill, Sawyer. Alright,
0: Dan, uh, have a drink of your wine and swallow that pill.
7: ...integration in the news and a declaration today from President Obama that it is time to take big steps to address the 11 million undocumented immigrants living in America tonight. ABC's Rena Nina now on what the president did today
0: yeah, they
8: they are america's newest citizens I
9: take this obligation freely
8: more than 4400 sworn in today in southern california while in nevada
6: the time is now time is now president
8: not. obama unveiled his plan nice to get drop,
0: america's
2: 11 way. million undocumented yeah enough. listen
0: listen to the obama stuff they add sound effects to make it more
2: presidential yeah and that was that was not by coincidence that was a timed yeah Add and drop for a reason, folks.
8: Documented immigrants a big step closer to taking that oath.
2: Yes, they broke the rules. They crossed the border illegally. But these
8: 11 million men and women are now here. The president's proposal calls for a path to citizenship. A process that includes passing a background check,
3: paying taxes, paying a penalty, learning English, and then going to the back of the line behind all the folks who are trying to come here legally.
2: that was another thing. I heard that too. the back of the line. No, no, learn English, oh yeah, what do you think of this? Well, because I don't know if you guys realize this, but the United States does not have a quote unquote official language uh-huh. now our our friends to the north of us Canada, they have two official languages, French and English uh-huh. and you know for someone to become a a citizen, you know they have to at least uh like everybody who goes to school up in Canada when they go through grades one through thirteen they uh they learn uh French. They have like an intro to French or whatever, so they know basic French. So when I heard this, I was like, "Well, wait a minute." He wants to require them to speak English, which I believe is a great idea. It's you know, it's a world language. A lot of countries know English. Ooh, the world language, huh? It's a world language. Well, a lot of companies, yeah. a lot of co- uh, companies. No, you're right. No, actually, because yeah. of a lot of companies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you go to many different places. They they learn English because it's a it's a powerful thing to learn, uh, but. We don't have a national I believe that's po- Chinese my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a national language uh, official national language and I just found I was just like hmm I that just peaked my ears a little bit. Now the back of the line thing, okay, all right. But here's here's what I want to know. What is the penalty? Let's say they institute this policy, whatever it is. What's the penalty for someone not following this policy? Because right now part of the part of the problem that I personally have is someone who who does an illegal act, okay? And they and they and they break into the country. And I understand they're doing it for wholesome, good reasons. They they have a poor family back home. Uh, they're doing a job that no one else would do here in the United States. Um, and I'm speaking as a white guy here. White guy. And I and I grew up on a. I I mean, let me give you some history. I grew up on a dairy farm uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I took care of cows um i was how was a i was a ranch hand I, I worked very very hard growing up and the uh a lot of the a lot of the help on the dairy uh hispanic help were here uh in the country illegally mm-hmm. and you know i i'm a kid I don't, I don't care i'm working with these people and i picked up a little spanish along the way oh yeah cool and i and i knew how to how to talk and i at least say the the basic stuff but but obviously they came here because things were so bad in their home country and they couldn't do things. And maybe they wanted to come here uh, uh, legally. They wanted to do the right thing. But for some reason, either they couldn't afford to or there wasn't an easy path to.
0: So this you bring up a really interesting point is that path and then like the process, right? right. And I, they might cover a little bit on this report. I'll finish out the report. And if they don't, I have a couple of thoughts on it. Okay. And
8: with that, a direct challenge to Washington.
3: And if Congress is unable to move forward in a timely fashion... I will send up a bill based on my proposal and insist that they vote on it right away.
0: I love how he's talking tough. He's just talking tough, right?
2: Well if they can't come to it, I'm just gonna send them something. Even even though everybody's already talking about it. And they're gonna they're gonna take it. Listen again. I will send up a bill... Based- the president is
8: pledging to put his full political muscle behind immigration reform. Still Republicans insist tighter border security must happen before any movement on citizenship.
6: We've got
0: fundamental questions of lawfulness. Do we have a system that will stop the continued flow of people in the country?
8: The president today predicting this debate will become increasingly emotional. They have music. But he says the time has come for those 11 million people to come out of the shadows.
2: The time to come is uh, is a keyword too. Now let me ask you this question, Chris. Mm. A lot of countries probably have illegal immigration issues. I know, I know we're probably one of the top ones where the, we have the most, um, maybe the most amount of illegal uh, people living in our country. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I don't know. Sure, sounds like it. By the way, we talk about it yeah. all the time. Now let's look at our friends to the north, and let's look at our border between the United States and Canada. How many uh, illegal residents does uh, the country of Canada have in comparison to us? I wonder if that would be a stat we could – that's probably
0: something we could look up.
2: Because one thing I wonder is you – know, they always talk about we need to tighten our borders. We need to tighten our borders. Well, they wanted to You know, – they're still building this wall or they have this e-wall between – Well, wait. Don't go to the
0: borders yet. Okay. Don't go because I want to – before you go because right. I got clips on that and I wanted okay. to go back to your thoughts on the path. Okay. Uh, one of the things they're doing is you can apply for citizenship. But in order to become a citizen, obviously you have to take the test. You got to speak English. But one of the other things you have to do, you have to do is, play, <clears throat> is pay your back taxes.
2: Yeah, I saw that too.
0: Now, what's interesting is as soon as you start applying now in this new process, you can start working immediately.
2: Yeah, they're going to give you a guest worker, but it
0: could take years before you actually become a citizen.
2: Right. Uh, I just, but it's, but that's, that's also, fine. But that's not, also the case up in Canada too, where like you have to be a guest I, worker for I a just, number of years, and
0: I just, I just find the whole process to be, you
2: know, like it, it is another, not an you know, easy, another, it's not an easy path. No, and another thing that I thought about, Chris, yeah, is we have a huge budget deficit, right? Yeah, oh huge. yeah, huge, huge. The border security thing gets into that right. a little bit. But I'm not talking about spending, but making collections. Oh, taxes! I think I think the the government's like, well, and I think the Republicans, and this is why maybe they're doing a little bit of an about face on this. Is they're looking at this like, oh wow, we have 11 million untapped well, people. What
0: descendant descendants? Where do your ancestors come from? I mean, I'm mostly Irish, Portuguese, so. I mean is the is is the way okay, so the United States economy is essentially it's a debt based economy our money our money is created when the banks issue debt that's where the that's where our money comes from yeah. in order to continue issuing money, you have to have an ever growing economy that way there's people that need to continue to buy goods right. and need to continue to get loans right okay so the way we get money into our system is by creating loans right. okay so maybe you burn out a population after a while, and the only way to keep that economy going is to put new meat in the machine to grind right and maybe what we are is we are the tail end of the last it's, it's re- round of boats that came to this shore and now we're watching our 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 rain tap out and now the next round of meat to be ground up is coming in and getting loaded up on the conveyor belt
2: so but here's here's what i was saying before so so you have 11 million undocumented people here that are here illegally uh, you know they're not paying any taxes they have to pay their back taxes okay they're going to pay their money and so, and the, I
0: think actually, statistically, in in some places, you know, if you if you include local taxes, some of about, almost seventy percent of them are paying some tax in some way. They're paying something. They're right. definitely paying sales tax and things right. like
2: that. And, and unless they're living, uh, I mean, like if they're living here in Washington State or Nevada or Florida, and there's a few a handful of other states, they don't pay a state income tax.
0: The immigration thing's tough, though. Like when you start looking at medical and uh, benefits and things yep. like that. I mean, I I, I some I think,
2: states some states allow uh, you know illegal you know people to go use the hospitals, and and what happens? is who, who ends up paying for that you and i do yeah um and so what 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 i want to know here is and i said this uh you know a while ago a few minutes ago what's the penalty for someone who decides they don't want to be a part of the process and they they want to remain under the shadows they don't want to pay taxes they don't want to uh be under the guise of the government and that sounds like so, me yeah. so yeah <laughs> so so what so what happens I mean, are they going to de- de- deport deported? What are what are the uh, what are the penalties? And right now, they're not discussing that. They're not discussing. All right. Well, it, he, all they're talking about is we have 11 million people yeah. that want to become <laughs> in citizens. In the shadows, I don't think right. of all 11 million want to become what's, citizens. What's
0: really fascinating about this particular debate is there's really there's really nobody that's standing up and saying. Like usually in debates in America, one side has one agenda and the other side has another agenda and they each come up with these great talking points that, you know, they try to befuddle the other one with vague information. But this time, like, everybody's talking in unison. And I, you know, I really want to know why are the right and the left talking together? Well, if you could say it's maybe there is no real right and left, maybe they work for the same masters, McCain will tell you that there's just a political reason for it.
10: What's changed is, honestly, is that there is a new I think, appreciation on both sides of the aisle, including maybe more importantly on the Republican side of the aisle, that we have to enact a comprehensive immigration reform bill.
0: Yeah, because something like 70 percent of the minorities, if you include Asians, obviously that's a huge, that's the largest growing segment of minorities right now, so that's a huge (laughs) number. But uh, the majority of uh, uh, Hispanic, I don't know, voters voted for Obama. And the Republicans are losing big time because the white voters are not the majority.
2: So they're switching for political
0: reasons. Absolutely. I mean, that's what he just said. Yeah. He just said it in his McCain way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, But uh, let's talk talk about the border. Yeah. So this whole immigration reform, whether you like it or you don't, hinges. Now, depending on who's you go with. See, there's two out there right now. There's the Gang of Eight where McCain's heading that up and also the guy who's in the uh, the, – the senator who's being investigated right now for sleeping with child prostitutes prostitutes in the Dominican Republic. Did oh, you hear about this? Yes, yes. Menendez. Yep. So he and uh, he is interesting timing on that. I think uh, he and McCain are the uh, And this it's it's interesting, like that Menendez thing. Like his doctor is is also a contributor to his his campaign. He's been flying um, with the Dominican Republic where prostitution is legal, but not with underage kids. Uh, and uh, he, and he's being investigated by the FBI. He's going down. I think we'll probably talk more about that next week if anything interesting. Right now, it's just a sex case, and we'll just leave it alone. Uh, but anyways, he and McCain, their version of immigration reform includes uh, stepping up the borders. You know, increasing security on the at the border.
2: Now, are they talking about both borders, or are they just talking about Mexico? Probably, probably Mexico. See, you know, this is what I don't. Right now, the the reason why they they want to protect the Mexican border and not the Canadian border is because look at the economy of the uh, of the country of Mexico in comparison to Canada. People want to get out of Mexico. Well,
0: here's the general rationale for a secure border. And this, uh, I think, Ran, Rand Paul said this, and he said it really well. He said, uh, if you're going to have a welfare state, you cannot have open borders. You just can't have the both. If you're going to have welfare programs where you you know you're going to assist the public, you, you can't have open borders.
2: Right. So uh, so I guess that would mean we'd have to close off both borders.
0: That's what he says. Now, here's the problem I have with that is we already spend – do you have any guesses? What do, you, what do you think we spend more money on, uh, the FBI or border security? Border security. Oh, you might be right, Chase. You, in fact – Oh, that's easy. What do you think we spend more money on? Border security or the FBI, the Postal Service, uh I could just keep going while well, I was playing the clip. But America's
3: I've been security. struck by the enormous expenditures already uh, that the government is spending. I, as I noted in my column in the Daily News this week the, the federal government spent $18 billion dollars last year on border security, which is more than the combined budgets of the FBI, uh, the Marshal Service, the Secret Service, the DEA, the ATF, all of these other federal law enforcement agencies, their total budgets were only $14 billion. So we're already spending a huge amount uh, on uh, border security.
0: I, I don't think you can... Uh... There's just no way to say that's broken. That, that's, yeah. th- that's broken. There's no way to say that's not broken. And so what the idea is, for whatever reason, is, is it spend more money. Now, the way they want to do that, one of the primary ways they want to do that is on more drones on the border. On, on the issue
7: on. of militarization of the border, Fernando Garcia. Um, the of course, this is Amy Goodman with Democracy Now. Issue, For example, of drones. Talk about what's happening.
6: Well, we already have uh, deployed some some drones, and I think uh, it, it is it, it just only uh, shows. I mean, the level of uh, of militarization. But now, with this new proposal, they want to deploy it, uh, a series, serious, uh, increase the number of drones and have uh, all of these unmanned. Uh, flying vehicles uh, along the U.S.-Mexico border, and again, I mean, each of those drones are going to be extremely expensive. Uh, obviously, they, they would not be engaging with communities directly, but it's a show of how we're moving towards the, a full militarization of the border.
0: I don't. I, where, is maybe that cheaper than boots on the ground?
2: I don't know. Uh, it, but when you when you when you hear about uh, these long underground tunnels. That are, are popping up, you know, there's like one at least, I think it's like 12 miles long that went from like Arizona to, you know, obviously Mexico and it went to this nondescript building, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's like if someone wants to get in, yeah. they're going to get in. It's, yeah. it's there's no, unless there's no foolproof way. I've hopped the border once. <clears throat> really?
0: Well, I, I didn't technically do it. My parents did it. Uh, we went up to Canada and they closed the border at night. At oh, this, th- at, you, at this
2: particular at place? At this particular place. Yeah.
0: And my folks, it was like a Sunday night, and my folks needed to go to work on Monday. And so uh, they went to another border uh-huh. a spot, but it was also closed, and we drove for hours and hours to get there, because Canada's freaking huge. How long ago was this?
2: About 15 oh, yeah. plus years. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain why that's different now.
0: Uh, and You tried that. It might have actually I mean, I'm actually, pre- I'm pretty old, so it might have actually been 20 years ago. Okay, uh, But, uh, so what we ended up, there was one border crossing where there was a railroad, and the border was closed.
2: So you just went down the rails?
0: So my stepdad got up in the truck and drove uh, kind of cattywampas uh. with one set of wheels up on the rail and the other on the ground. Yeah. And just drove around, and then pulled up, and we just drove home.
2: You know, um, along our border, uh, you know, we're up here in Washington State, so... Uh, you know, between us and British Columbia, you know, we have about say I think four or five different official border checkpoints, but there are, there are some spots along the border where you have a, a road, you know, a, just a normal street, the border, and then a Canadian street. They bump up, you know, they're right next to each other, running parallel. There's no fence, there's no nothing right. between the two. However, uh, there's uh, there's sensors in the ground now. And that detect if anything moves over back and forth. What? Yeah. What do they do? Well, they'll send out the trucks. They'll send out, you know, they'll because it's constantly being monitored. So, oh, for, wow. so for example, there's this inn that's on the border, uh, and uh, you know, the backyard basically goes right up to the border. And they were they were, they were playing catch or playing ball, and the ball that they were playing catch with accidentally went over into the Canadian side. Hmm. The guy picked, you know, he ran across to pick up the ball. He ran it right back. And uh, border patrol, they were there within like five to ten minutes, and they're like, "You cannot do that."
0: I, w- I wonder. I wonder if it'd be like this now. So when we were going into Canada, we were there so early the border hadn't opened yet, and so everybody was just outside their cars, just walking around. And we were over there was like a picnic table, uh, you know, off, far off, about a hundred feet away from the you know the facility where all the cars were at, and there was just a line in the ground, and it said Canada, Canada. You say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and. I would just, I hey, I'm, I would walk. Hey, I'm standing in now, Canada. Now there, there
2: there is a place where you can do this uh, between B.C. and Washington. There's the Peace Arch Crossing. Oh, maybe that's what. It and and there at the Peace Arch Crossing, it's okay to do that. Yeah, uh, I mean they don't drone you for that. It, there's actually a park uh, that's right there. Maybe that's where we were. And this, it's a big white arch, and it says the, and it's a very nice monument. I don't remember. And any it says arch. these gates will never close, and it's to symbolize our relationship with Canada. And uh, you, there's a, there's these uh, pillar markers. Canada and USA, and you can walk back and forth all day long. Well, it's two in one show. It's very nice.
0: So why don't we stay on the topic of drones? <laughs> Remember last week? You know, I yeah. I should do a uh, hold on chase drone update. Hold on chase <laughs> duck chase. Oh my! What chase what? chase?
2: I don't I don't hear any chase. Po- it Must be a really quiet drone. Huh?
0: I don't. It's uh, hmm. really quiet. Drone. Nope. Nope. That's
2: really quiet. There's no drone. There nope. is. It's no a drone. quiet drone. I don't see it.
0: Maybe it's uh, one of those new. Uh, uh hmm let's see.
2: This is wolf Blitzer. Join me in the Whoa, situation
10: there room. It is. no agenda I just the drones the <laughs> as
2: it happens when it happens
6: We're live
10: from five continents the situation wow. with wolf blitzer c n n weekday afternoon starting at
2: four Eastern on series x m one fifteen man wolf, no agenda.
0: I know I like live from five continents five continents uh wolf, let me tell you about the internet okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, all right, so let 's talk about drones yes. uh, we, last week. We uh, we talked a little bit about how Hillary, you know, it's funny, actually. We got some emails, speaking of emails. Yeah. One of the emails we got is, you guys, when you talk about Hillary, this is really just a big distraction. You're being distracted from the important things.
2: But she's a secretary of state currently, our now current secretary of state. Well, so
0: here, so so one of the things I said, I said, you could mark my words, I should have put it in the red book, damn it, Durr. is she, we mentioned Africa. We're going to be going into Africa. Oh, Afri-com, Africa. yes. Yeah. So guess what? Guess what? Speaking of Africa
7: a new battleground in the war on terror the US reportedly ready to sign a deal with Niger to open a new drone base in West Africa it brings US forces to the border with Mali where French troops have been helping battle Islamist militants al Qaeda linked groups are making northern Mali a base for terror operations so let's uh, look at what this all might mean Uh, we're bringing in general Jack Keene retired four-star general former vice chief of staff of the army and a Fox News military analyst thanks for joining us
3: yeah, glad to be here, Patty. So this,
7: uh, this week, for the first time ever, the U.S. and Niger signed a status of forces agreement, and that SOFA is considered the first step in establishing a drone base. But we should emphasize that it is so far not approved by the Pentagon or by the White House or Niger. But defense officials are saying this deal is expected. So what would this mean?
3: Well, this is pretty significant. They've actually been working on this for some time, almost a year. But I think it's, it's put on fast forward as a result of the Mali operation,
0: That was an interesting little admission. They've been working on this for over a year with Niger, but... It's
2: like all of a sudden, whoa, really?
3: ...that the the French have been involved in.
2: Right right now,
3: uh, the French have no intelligence, reconnaissance, and surveillance capability. In other words, they have helicopters and they have some fighters, but they have no way to be able to see what the enemy's doing and be able to see it over a period of time. This will give them that capability. Where, Where this base will be located in Niger is just, it's very close to the operations area in northern Mali. It's actually closer to the operations area in northern Mali than the capital of Mali is to it.
0: So I I would equate this to, this is the U.S., making a long term investment in Mali yeah,
3: yeah so it'll be very significant militarily, and I know the French will appreciate it as well
7: yeah, so for now we're talking about unarmed drones for isr for only now. that's intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance, but is there a possibility that down the road this base could eventually use armed drones
3: oh yeah, absolutely, I, I clearly believe we're heading in that direction and and unstated here and, and it it, it it's probably it's. I know it's classified and, and it should stay that way, but we we know that the Central Intelligence Agency will be conducting operations in certain parts of North Africa, and when they're doing that, they're using armed drones as that well. That was a
2: drone. That was a light drone. So uh,
0: yeah, it certainly can hold armed drones. In fact, uh, you know they're uh, they're going to build it that way from the beginning. And like he said there at the end, because the CIA is already running armed drone ops down there, which I thought was a fun little, so the, the military will only be doing, here's the irony. Oh my yeah. God, I just realized this irony. Okay. The military will be doing surveillance missions for the French. The CIA is doing drone attacks. They're doing the actual frickin' assassinations. The CIA is doing the assassinations and the military is doing the intelligence gathering. We I, are giving I'm, the CIA so much power, and I believe because if you I, and I, I, I don't know, I I, they're I,
2: becoming the new boots in the air, essentially. though. Well,
0: and I could be wrong on this, but I believe it's because the president has more direct control over what the CIA does. So if he oh, wants to, if I he wants to keep saying. something in the executive le- at the executive level, doesn't want to bring it to the Congress. If he wants to, and he, and he non-military of, action. The right? more powerful he makes the CIA
2: and all of them, you know, puts puts the yeah. puts
0: the people he needs in there to do that. I mean, you he's putting the drone king in there well, now. Well,
2: Chris, Chris, you know let me ask you a question i don't know the answer to but i'm just going to throw it out there rhetorically how much money do you think the cia budget is in comparison to the to the say the army's budget or the air well, force's
0: budget well it's difficult to answer about that and i'm going to get here hold on and even though this is actually not a conspiracy maybe you know chat room, i am a little hungry charim if you could somebody could go google this for me so the cia has been busted in using arms sales, yep. in using drug sales to yep. fund clandestine operations. Right. Yes. This is a known thing. And I know I sound like I'm frying a lot of conspiracy bacon right now. This is. At least it smells good. It's real. Yeah. And so what they fund using that money, we'll never know.
2: And see, this is why the government needs 11 million illegal immigrants and their tax revenue to help fund these endeavors. <laughs> So You know that's what they're thinking. Oh, that's money. That's money.
0: And, and you know, there's another really good reason for the drones. Yeah? And I actually, listen to this clip, I believe this might actually be what they've convinced
10: themselves. All right. Using remotely piloted aircraft, contrary to popular belief actually provides the greatest degree of ethical oversight for their use than does any other use of military force because you're essentially carrying around an entire intelligence analysis network with you in the context of the number of people that are involved in overseeing the operations What people don't realize is there's nothing unmanned about the system except that little piece of fiberglass itself flying around in the sky. It takes about 200 people to maintain one orbit. And you can either pause and figure out what's going on if you're uncertain, or you can react quickly with all the information that you have. So they provide an asymmetric advantage for the user. An asymmetric advantage. So what he's saying...
0: Is and, and remember, we got an email from a UAV operator, and yes. he said these really are not all that unmanned. There's a no, whole... There's always
2: there's there's a team behind it. There's somebody at the controls, right? Yeah.
0: So there. So th- what he's saying is, if we send boots on the ground, you know, we get a snapshot of intelligence, we make up a game plan, and we send in the boots. Okay, and then they do what they do.
2: But now we don't have to do that. Now we have
0: real time video feeds. We have people that can get. Uh, so what's wrong with that?
2: I mean, really, I mean, if if we're we're a. Not having to worry about uh American lives and, and boots on the ground and and you know your your boys being killed in combat if that's if, if that's such a bad thing i mean and and not having those guys there and we have drones there that are to do those jobs and to give us the intelligence and to know what's going on before we send the guys in the ground or planes in the air, then what's wrong with that? It's, there's is it nothing, the money they're spending on it? No, there's is nothing. It, the well, complex yes, around
0: it. There's that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. If they really were there, killing these bad guys, they really
2: talk about. But they're there for another reason.
0: They are. They are there for multiple reasons. I think France is there for energy reasons, yeah. um, uh, not necessarily oil. But I think that's. I think that's one of the reasons there. I, France has a history with the territory. So
2: why can't they throw up their own uh, drones? Is it because we have the more advanced technology? We have the better insight about how to do it effectively. I mean, it, I mean, if, if drones are are so easy, or do they need a neutral? I, now I'm sounding conspiracy-ish. Do they need a a, a third party, a neutral quote-unquote third party to handle the policing duties of what they really want to do? I think the answer to your question might lie in
0: the bigger picture. Um, before we go too far, let me play this clip, and then I want to get back to that. All so. Right. Let's, let's keep on the moral track because right. the U.N. is launching an investigation and, uh, into the whole yeah. drone yeah. behaviors of right. the U.S. So let's play this and then let's go back to your question. All right.
8: In the backspin this Monday, years of secrecy about the CIA's controversial drone program could soon come to an end. The United Nations has launched an investigation into specifically more than two dozen incidents throughout the Middle East. The goal is to clarify how the attacks were carried out, the criteria for striking, and perhaps most importantly, whether they were legal. And remember, this comes at a time when drone use is growing exponentially with China and Iran getting in on the game. According to one estimate, CIA drone attacks have killed more than 3,400 people in Pakistan alone over the past decade, many of them innocent civilians. The White House has vigorously stood by the program, but will this new international inquiry put pressure on the administration to scale back its shadow war? So I
0: think it's the big picture here is China.
2: So the big global... So what we're doing a, in you, Africa is China. You so can... What, beating them to the punch?
0: Well, China's been beating us to the punch in a big way. There's an infograph you can look up online about where China's made investments in Africa, and it's everywhere. Right. China's way ahead of us there. And so the old classic gang is getting together again. France and the UK... I mean, everybody, The allies, U.S. allies. The, the good old allies are getting together again, and now they're making their territory to make their hedges bet against China. That's what I think this is about. And... Our role in this, because right now Obama is paying the peace dividend. Remember, we heard that Petraeus clip where he said we got to pay the peace dividend. We're paying the peace dividend right now, but we can send in drones. We can send in minor things here, a few, maybe maybe some planes, you know, things like that.
2: Right.
0: I mean, we got to still make some money off the deal. So, and we have we have just as much interest in securing these resources as our allies do.
2: Well, so it comes to so it comes to energy. It it comes to securing those, uh, and, and then making China pay for them. And it's not just
0: energy. It's it's essential. It's essential
2: Security components. And well, components. it's the
0: resources in Africa. It's it's the structures that are building there now, and it's the it's the goods that are there for plundering. Um, and what I think scares me the most about it is, yeah, the cost is awful. The loss of life that's going to ensue is going to be awful. The 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 who knows? Maybe the local inhabitants their lives will get worse. Maybe they'll get better. I don't know history will be the judge of all of that. But what scares me the most is if I'm right. The undertone suggestion to this is that we are eventually heading for some kind of confrontation with China. And what you and I are probably about to witness in our lifetimes, at least, is the beginning of a full on potential Cold War at some point years down the road. But I mean we just seem to be heading towards this massive confrontation. We're not like even take we're not even playing a little bit. Like well, the, the we're affirm- making land grabs. We're we're yeah. doing containment. We're getting we're getting, you know, like 160 NATO bases and we're starting to just surround China. I mean, let's let's it is starting to look like we are really gunning for a confrontation. I mean, the well, world's just, only so big.
2: Well, it's only so big and the only unfortunate thing is, you know, we're unfortunately we're doomed to repeat ourselves in human nature. And just look at it. Look at our past. And it's like it's a cyclical. It and keeps happening.
0: I think Linux King is bringing up an interesting point. So, uh, uh, you know, he's talking about the uranium uh, resources that are in some of these areas in Africa, which is honestly what I believe French is, uh, French is, what I believe France is. And that's where, you know, 80% of France's power is coming from is from, is from, uh, you, you know, uranium enrichment plants. So the other thing he points out though, which is actually something to consider is you don't really want Extreme Islamists controlling uranium supplies either.
2: You so it want, might not you, just you, be you, about China. Well, you, you don't want the bad. It's like with anything. You don't want the bad guys having control of, of things out there that could potentially be harmful or be against us. Okay, I get that. Look but- at the
0: irony. The chat room's spot on. The irony is is we are using China's credit as a credit card right now to do this all. That's true because they loaned us all the money. We're doing it on their tab right now. That's the eye. Now we got to pay it back eventually. And that's when the. That's when. But,
2: you know. Again, I need to remind you, Chris. This is why we need the 13 million illegal immigrants <laughs> to pay for that. I thought it was 11 million. Or, uh, it keeps going. Yeah, I, it I, does, I, doesn't it? Do, by the way, how do they know?
0: Uh, I, it, I don't know, but they all seem to agree on one number
2: now all of a sudden, which well, is great. It, so it's still 11? Yeah. All right, we'll see if they stick with that. I'm just saying. Uh,
0: so. Um, and also, for some reason, it doesn't. Um, there's something going back to the drone topic yeah. before we played the clip, it doesn't enrage me as much. If we were sending in an invasion force, that would really bother me. The fact that we're sending in these drones, uh, it almost doesn't bother me as much. And I don't know if that's if that's legit. I, I feel like a bad person for that a little bit. But all right, so uh, I love chicken. That's one thing to consider. And, chicken. Uh, I, one one story. One last serious story before we roll, and then we just have a couple of uh, Super Bowl things to get to.
2: Uh, you can't. Chris, whoa, whoa, Chris! I love the show very much. You can't say those two words together because if you do, oh. you can get sued by the NFL. So uh, we're gonna call it the uh, the Professional Football Championship. Okay, I think that's much more safer. Don't say, don't don't even put those words together.
9: I eat too much chicken.
2: Okay, there you go. All right. So uh, one last story. Yes. A
9: retired CIA agent who blew the whistle on the agency's Bush era torture program has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison. John Kiriakou becomes the first CIA official to be jailed for any reason relating to the torture program. Under a plea deal, Kiriakou admitted to a single count of violating the Intelligence Identities Protection Act by revealing the identity of a covert officer to a freelance reporter who did not publish it. Under the plea deal, prosecutors dropped charges brought under the Espionage Act. In 2007, Kiriakou became the first CIA official to publicly confirm and detail the Bush administration's use of waterboarding when he spoke to ABC's Brian Ross.
10: At the time, I've, I felt that waterboarding was something that we needed to do. And as time has passed, and has, as September 11th has, has, you know, has moved farther and farther back into history, um, I think I've changed my mind. And I think that uh, waterboarding is probably something that we shouldn't be in the business of doing. Why do you say that now? Yeah, why now? Because we're Americans and we're better than that. Oh.
9: John Kiriaku's supporters say he has been unfairly targeted in the Obama administration's crackdown on government whistleblowers. In a statement urging President Obama to commute Kiriaku's sentence, a group of signatories, including attorneys and former CIA officers, said quote, Kiriaku is an anti-torture whistleblower who spoke out against torture because he believed it violated his oath to the Constitution. Please, Mr. President, do not allow your legacy to be one where only the whistleblower goes to jail.
0: Oh, it goes back to the Stuxnet thing. They're punishing yeah. the whistleblower. In yeah. this case, it was the whistleblower on waterboarding. Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, and again, something I think the public needed to know. Yeah, and this is one of those situations where, just like uh, the, the whistleblower for waterboarding and the whistleblower on the Stuxnet, are they, they're obviously trying to send a message, right? They're trying to send the message, you you better not say anything,
0: right? And it's specifically Obama. Yeah. I mean, Obama the Obama
2: administration. But do you think he's trying to set an example for the next president? Like, like he's trying to, you know, make make this poli- make this so called policy. So when the next person's in there, that they, they continue this legacy of. I think he's a wolf in sheep's
0: clothing. It's just that yeah. I think he, I think what we have now discovered is that President Obama. Not while I'm speaking. Right, right, Mister Mister Obama. Not while I'm speaking. Uh, I think what we have discovered here is that President Obama has the amazing capacity, to sound like this most left-wing liberal progressive democrat yeah. in reality he's not he's not and people get distracted by it and every time he actually takes an action there's nothing generally that i agree with it at all and i don't know so this has made me re-question you know you you see you hear you really have to judge somebody by their actions and every Look time it's history
2: for your history
0: I I would say if you judge by his actions, there's some things I agree with. Yeah. I actually think, you know, if you have to fight, the use of drones over boots on the ground is preferable. I don't like it, but I think it is better than what we had before. Yeah. Um, I think he's likely probably done uh, the best he could in a bad economy. I, I don't want to get into all of it, but again, I think he's there. He's made some choices that I think if he was this big leftist, the banks never would have gotten away with and things like that. So, you know.
3: He's a jackass. Yeah, I mean, he,
0: totally. he's, I think he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, basically. All right. So uh, one last thing. Remember, we've got to be yes. worried about food. We talked
10: about that last oh, week. Oh, that's right. Bogus food. Counterfeit. You know, if you are what you eat, you I might know. be having an identity crisis. Yeah. A nonprofit independent lab in Maryland unveiled its new food fraud database this week, and they found that we all might not be getting what we pay for.
0: Remember how we're like, what is all this be building towards, right? Yeah, it's
10: this food fraud, food fraud database that came online I this week. I had a feeling. Or what we expect. So a lot of people ask, what can you do? Got a couple pieces of advice over here. Uh, buy Whole Foods whenever you can. You can. How, whoa, whoa, whoa. not
2: didn't, didn't I call this? I swear I called something. I maybe mean, we didn't put it in the book.
0: No, you're, you, it's the next part. Watch, listen to this.
10: Grind and grate
0: them Not yourself.
10: It's one way to get, be safe. Also, buy brands that you trust. Oh. Uh. Now listen to this oxymoronic statement. You know, as our, as our friends at CNN's etocracy like to say, know the who, the when, and the where of the products. So only get from good brands, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But then. Does, okay. And don't always just simply buy into the latest health trends. You know, food fraud tends to occur more commonly in high-value ingredients that are linked to health benefits, which consumers will pay a premium for. Like brands? So you know the old <laughs> adage? I think it really applies here. If that price seems too good to be true, it probably is. Like, Whoa. like
0: most branded
2: food? <laughs> like so, so let's say, for example, I'm at Costco, right? And you have the Kirkland. You see, the Kirkland stuff. It's too good to be true. Right. So I need to stick to Tide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and
0: then, uh, remember, remember that, remember we have the, we have the bird, uh, remember how Diane last week told us about the bird shortage? Yeah. CNN ran multiple pieces this week on Anderson Cooper and on the Aaron Burnett show. And I figured since Aaron brought the show in. Aaron should take the show out.
4: All right, the
1: Super Bowl is just days away, and all anyone seems to be talking about is not even the game and the the brothers that are going to coach the two teams, but about chicken. Chicken! Last week, a report from the National Chicken Council stated that farmers had produced 1% fewer chickens than the year before. (gasps) Now, this sparked an online hysteria. Never has 1% meant so much. Oh, actually, that's right, it did. Among fans that thought there would be a chicken wing shortage leading up to Sunday's big game. Now, while that's simply not true, there is plenty of chicken to go around. Don't worry. Chicken wing prices have skyrocketed to their highest levels in history. And two nervous football fans in Georgia were arrested for stealing $65,000 worth of frozen chicken this month of wings. I eat too much chicken. It tastes like chicken. Uh, According to the Convergex group, the average American eats 19 chickens a year. According to the math of what I eat, I eat 26 chickens a year. This is a lot of chickens. I grew up in chicken country. I love chickens. They're not only sweet avians. They're healthy for humans. But I'm cutting back. I love chickens. What a
0: weird by ass the way report, right? I just want
2: to let you know last Sunday I strolled in the Costco by my ten pound bag of chicken wings. No problem.
0: I want to read one last email before we get out of here please do. and then we 're all done. We got a lot of great emails. Thank you everybody. So many people told us, you know, how how much they appreciated. How the much show. they hated me. Really? Had, did you get the, how much had, hate mail did you get? We had some donations. It was great.
2: Uh how much hate mail?
0: This one uh we got a couple. All we right, always good. do. We always do. Uh well, this one comes from Needs Love Coffee. It says I've watched Lass for a very long time. I think I started watching after your tenth or twelfth episode. So years. I uh my interest has slowed in Lass and JB shows until the first episode of Unfilter. That show and all the shows since brought me back. Listening to the latest episode, I didn't realize how close you were to canceling the show. This was a wake-up call to get off my freeloading ass and donate. I've signed up for the $7 a month subscription solely in the hopes that Unfilter doesn't go away. I never actually donated anything, so maybe you've changed my freeloading ways. As for the format, I really liked the early show's format, with the added host and all. But the latest shows were good, too. Why not do a mix, i.e. some weeks we'll have some more news where you need to do the old style, where uh, and then some will be the multiple acts. Pretty much what we were talking about earlier. Uh, he says, I'm writing this note since I couldn't enter this anywhere uh, when I went to a- through Amazon to set up the donation. Yeah, that is a problem with the donation for Amazon. But thanks for doing that. Uh, also, by the way, one email I got that I didn't put in the show, something we should, we'll should we probably talk a little more off-air, Okay. but uh, some guys that listen at GoDaddy, we're listening to the show, and they said, "Hey, we love the show, so we'd be interested in potentially sponsoring Unfilter." Oh, and I hadn't even contacted them because, you know, I just didn't really think that was a, a show they would want to sponsor. It. But they're like, "No, we love the show." Wow! So they might be interested in, in supporting the show too. Hmm. We might talk about that more yeah, later. Sure. Uh, but uh, so there you go. So if you'd like to uh, contact the show, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Yes. we want to hear your feedback. Of course, you can call us one four two five three one two seventeen fifty six. Leave us your thoughts, comments, maybe something we got wrong, or an idea for a future show. We want all of it, everything you can think of, or you can Skype us, Unfilter show, all one word. But again, the phone works the best, 1-425-312-1756. Talk to you soon. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, leave us a voicemail, give us your thoughts on things, or email us, unfilter at jupiterbroadcasting.com, or you can go over the top of the site and just uh, click on the contact link.
2: That's right. Now... Every week around this time, we talk about many different ways you can uh, follow us, get in contact with us, you know, and and contribute to the show. One of the ways that you can contribute to the show is by using social media and the great website Reddit. If you head over to unfiltered.reddit.com, there you will uh, notice our unfilter page where you can submit stories that interest you. Vote on stories. Vote on stories, which is very important. Right now we have 288 readers who are are a part of it. I'm trying to get us to 300. That'd be cool. And I know we're close. So if you are not subscribed yet to the Unfiltered Reddit, you should. This way you can contribute and be part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Mr. Chase, where can people find you throughout the week? Well, there's two different ways people can find me. First off, they can uh, follow me on the Twitters. And uh, I'm doing that. It's Nunes, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And I just tweet my thoughts and things about life. Liberty and the pursuit, and also the pursuit uh, of podcasting, the pursuit of internet podcast or internet broadcasting. Uh, geekgamer.tv TV is where you can find me normally, where I'm doing uh, geek stuff, uh, technology, gaming, uh, Minecraft, you name it. Uh, we do a panel show every week called Geek Gamer Weekly on Sundays. You've been on the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun stuff. I encourage if you are into that, come on over. And say Absolutely. Hi. Now, Chris, yes, you, you do the Twitter thing, right, as well? Twitter.com slash
0: ChrisLAS. I've been posting stuff throughout the week about show announcements, schedule changes, and things like that, and every now
2: and then uh, answering questions and whatnot. Now, I know a lot of people probably realize this, but you just don't do Unfilter. You do a lot of other shows. True, that's true. All under the Jupiter Broadcasting absolutely. umbrella. Absolutely, absolutely. And what are they? Real quick. I, actually, I would, I would plug TechSnap this week just because TechSnap?
0: Uh, in TechSnap, we talked about the uh, Chinese hacking the New York Times, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's epic. And so, don't
2: forget the faux show. On Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. We had a good a, one always week. fun. We had a fun always one fun. week.
0: All right, everyone. Well, uh, be sure to join us live on uh, Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific over at JBLive.tv. And we'll see you right back here next week.
2: See ya.